0: different classes of people are visiting newborn Jesus in today's episode, a group of local shepherds and high-class representatives from the Far East. In both appearances, the reasons for the visit had anything but ordinary implications. The visit by the shepherds is recorded in Luke chapter 2 verses 8 through 20. Last episode concluded with Jesus placed in a manger of a stable, immediately after his birth. Let's read verses 8 through 12. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, The fact that shepherds were out in the field with the sheep in the middle of the night offers the biggest clue as to the season of Jesus' birth. The event described here likely happened during a warm season. It is not probable that the sheep would be pasturing in the cold. Then an angel appeared before them. At this point, as readers, we may have gotten accustomed to their emergence. I lost count how many times an angel has appeared in our narrative reading already. But this was all too new for the shepherds, and they were terrified. Or, as NASB points out, they were terribly frightened. In the Greek it reads, they feared with great fear. An angel told them, his coming is with peace, and he is a bearer of good news. The Greek for good news here is evangelizomai, which is how we presently use the word evangelize. This news is not just for the shepherds alone or the remaining local population, but this will cause great joy for all the people. The Savior is making himself available for the entire world. You'd imagine that such divine appearance would be convincing enough. But an angel directs their attention to the most important indicator. The true sign is not the angel himself or the manifestation of heavenly glory, but the child wrapped in cloths and lying in the manger. This brings us back to the sign we read about in the previous episode. The original sign was misunderstood by the noble and the high court of the Jews. A big part of the Old Testament deals with the leaders of the chosen people and how faulty they were in understanding God in general. So now, God gives a sign for the poor people and the simple ones. At one point, Jesus prayed to the Heavenly Father, saying, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Luke chapter 10, verse 21. Seeing one angel was probably sufficient for the poor shepherds, and yet, unlike others before them in our reading, they had a privilege to witness a remarkably rare sight verses 13 and 14. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, "Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests." Why is the appearance of angels so prevalent in the time of Jesus' birth? In the first pe- first letter from Peter, we read that the prophets of the Lord spoke of the things that have now been told by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven and even angels long to look into these things. First Peter chapter 1 verse 12. These celestial beings are not impartial in regards to God's plan for humanity book of Job chapter 38 verse 6 and 7 the Lord is expressing himself to Job about the time when the world was created. Rhetorically God asked Job on what were its footings set or who laid its cornerstone while the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. The angels were enthusiastic about God's marvelous creation. Now they are once again displaying their excitement when God is creating a new order through Jesus Christ. The heavenly host means a heavenly army. They did not appear for a battle this time. Their appearance was not a form of a judgment, but of an inauguration. In a great irony, such majestic procession was only witnessed by a group of shepherds. In a comparatively short expression, the angels announced that the coming of Jesus results in the following. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, for it is His will in the making. Peace to man on whom His favor rests signifying the extension of His grace. A traditional English version reads, Glory to God in the highest, Peace on earth, peace on earth, goodwill to men. Paul the Apostle wrote, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Moving on to verses 15 through 20. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. The shepherds acknowledged the message they acknowledge that the message was from God and checked to confirm it in a similar manner as Mary did earlier with Elizabeth after seeing the child the shepherds were the first terrestrial messengers to proclaim the coming of the Messiah Luke makes a note of Mary's mental state She was able to stay collected and composed all throughout this momentous event. This parallels what Isaiah wrote in chapter 26, verse 3. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. We will now transition to Matthew's report in chapter 2. The Visit of the Wise Man Matthew chapter 2, let's start with the first two verses. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Despite some popular legends, the exact identity and quantity of the wise man depicted in this passage is unknown. Moreover, their method of cosmic interpretation is also a mystery. Most English translations read his star in the east, but the Greek here is not in a geographic sense. Plus, they were already from the east, so they would technically see the star in the west. The word itself doubles as rising, like the sun rising on the east side. So NIV reading is more appropriate here. We saw his star when it rose. When did the star appear? Before birth, right at at birth, or after birth? This is also unknown. Hence why there is no common agreement on when exactly the wise man came for a visit. It could have happened as far as two years after the birth of Jesus. These men likely had a copy of the Old Testament Torah, and by some method they inferred inferred that the star that was written about in the book of Numbers, chapter 24, verse 17, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel. When such a sign was revealed to them, they reasoned that Judean capital was a fitting place to visit and pay their respects. Verses 3-6 through six. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. King Herod was raised as a converted Jew. He originated from an Adamite ancestry. Herod grew up in a prominent family with close ties to the Roman government. He was not respected as a king among the Hebrews, hence his overreaction to the news of another king. Herod called the priests and the scribes to help him understand what it was the Magi magi were talking about. Scribes were the people whose main job was to transcribe and prepare verified copies of the Law of Moses and the rest of the Old Testament. Although the time of Messiah's coming could not be predicted, the time that is. The place of his birth is clearly expressed in Micah chapter 5, as paraphrased by the priests and the scribes. Move on to verses 7 and 8. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. Herod kept the information about the star and the Messiah to himself, hence probably why we don't exactly know when the star appeared. And he, he did so to prevent what he perceived as a potential threat to his ruling power. Herod pretended that he too was going to worship the Messiah, Pretense, with a violent intent, was a common feature in the life of Herod. Historians write about his murderous envy over his wife's brother Aristobulus, who was only in his late teens but was already an ordained priest and was rapidly growing in popularity amongst the Jews. Herod ordered his soldiers to kill Aristobulus in what was reported as a drowning accident. A little after that, he ordered the murders of his suspicious wife and her mother as well. Oh, and eventually, three of Herod's sons were killed at their father's command also. Emperor Augustus reportedly said that you were better treated as a pig rather than a son in Herod's house. This type of material seems like a good source of inspiration for Shakespeare. Moving on to verses 9 and 10. After they magi, that is, had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. What Matthew calls a star was more likely a Shekinah, Shekinah is a Hebrew concept meaning an illuminated display of God's glory. One of the best examples of such display is a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire during the time of Exodus. We read, by day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way and by night in a pillar of fire. to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. Book of Exodus 13.21 Bethlehem is about five miles south of Jerusalem. Stars do not travel north to south, similarly as the sun does not travel north to south. Verses 11 and 12 On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. The child, along with Mary, was no longer in the stable, but in a household, likely still in Bethlehem. The wise man did exactly what they said they were going to do, which was to worship. This act included bringing gifts, which are highly symbolic in their relation to Jesus. Gold was fitting for a king, special incense, which represented a priesthood, and ointment, which was uh, that pointed to his sacrifice. Prophet Isaiah reflected this visit, in his writing, 700 years before Christ, herds of camels will cover your land, young camels of Midian and Ephah, and all from Sheba will come, bearing gold and incense and proclaiming the praise of the Lord. Isaiah chapter 60, verse 6. The wise man may be regarded as the first fruit of the future ingathering with the people from all nations. As Jesus later said, I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Matthew chapter 8, verse 11. Next episode, we will comment on the presentation of newborn Jesus in the temple. And until next time, farewell.